Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. Today, we're discussing a budding star at the receiver position for this Giants team. Now, when the season started, we had Sterling Shepard. We had hopefulness for Kenny Galladay, and we were excited about the addition of Wandale Robinson. Season ends. Kenny Galladay is a non-factor. Sterling Shepard's done for the year. Wandale Robinson's done for the year. We got Richie James, Darius Slayton as our primary guys, and the one other guy that we want to discuss today is Isaiah Hodgins. You know, what he did for this team, what he did when the Giants went and claimed him off the Buffalo Bills practice squad was nothing short of just magisterial. It was it was phenomenal. It was exciting. Um, he brought a level of production to this team that we did not have and really haven't had since 2016, maybe, when OBJ was on the squad and was, you know, hauling in touchdown passes, making things happen. And Isaiah Hodgins was truly just a factory was a catalyst on this offense and specifically in the red zone, he became a really nice red zone threat for Daniel Jones, more so than even Daniel Bellinger or anybody else on this roster. So if there's anything to be excited about Hodgins for in the, in the future is not alone, not just his yardage, but also his ability to haul in touchdowns. And I think that's, um, a variable the Giants do not want to get rid of. So we're going to discuss maybe extending him on a multi-year deal or if they want to bring him in for one more year. You know, he's kind of in this situation where he's going to be very cheap for the next upcoming season, probably hovering a little bit less than a million dollars in terms of his salary space um, allocations. But there's an argument to make that maybe you want to extend a guy like Isaiah Hodgins on a multi-year deal, let him develop, get him in when he's cheap. Because right now, he's cheap, but in two years, he may not be. He may be worth more than Slayton, maybe worth more than, you know, whatever players. He could be in the 3 to $4 million range, and inking him now at maybe giving him a little bit of a price increase at $1.5 to $2 million for maybe three seasons. Maybe you end up walking away on the better side of that deal and have a wide receiver three, a wide receiver two for the future, and, and I'm very confident he can be that. So, Anthony, uh, we're going to dive into his stats. We're going to dive into what he offers this team but before we do how you do today my friend doing great excited to talk about isaiah hodgins and i'm excited for the giants to hopefully extend them to a long-term deal because i agree with you alex this is a deal that the giants should get done now isaiah hodgins 24 years old young player two years into his career, entering his third season after having a breakout campaign, half of a campaign with the Giants. I mean, considering he only played in eight games and was third on the team in receiving yards and had tied for the most touchdowns out of any receiver on the Giants, that's incredible. That is tremendous value that the Giants got out of a midseason pickup, a waiver wire claim in Isaiah Hodgins. The Giants found themselves a diamond in the rough with Isaiah Hodgins. And when you look at where he is going into this offseason, right now, he will be a free agent this offseason unless the Giants extend him a qualifying offer, which we can all imagine that they will. Because in order to extend the qualifying offer, if you don't know, all they have to do to make him an exclusive rights-free agent is offer him a one-year contract at the league minimum salary, and then he will not be allowed to negotiate with any other team. So expect the Giants to get that done as soon as possible. They'll make him an exclusive rights-free agent, and then they will probably have a conversation with him about extending him for the long term. And I think that's a conversation that needs to be had because look at the untapped potential in Isaiah Hodgins. Look at all that he did as a second year receiver who picked up the the playbook and just immediately went out there and started playing football games. Like he didn't have any adjustment period. As soon as the Giants claimed him, they threw him out there into the lineup the very next week and he scored himself a touchdown. Like the kid is a baller. He's 24 years old. So much potential. He's a great route runner. He's got a big body and he knows Alex like you just said, how to score touchdowns. That's a huge, huge thing to take into consideration when talking about Isaiah Hodgins. So 
when we look ahead to this offseason, we know that Joe Shane and the Giants are going to make it a priority to bolster their playmakers, add some wide receivers to this lineup. But Isaiah Hodgins cannot be the forgotten man, right? He needs to be here for the future. I think that this is a player who has the potential to be a very solid WR3 or maybe even WR2 on any team. And I want that team to be the New York Giants. So I love what he's brought to the team already in just eight games. We saw how he performed in the postseason as well. Second game, not so great. But of course, none, no one on the Giants played that great against the Eagles, but that Vikings game really established Isaiah Hodgins as a very solid wide receiver in my eyes, going up against Patrick Peterson and some other great members of the Vikings secondary. So love what Isaiah Hodgins brings to the table, and I'm very hopeful that the Giants get him signed to a long-term extension this offseason. Yeah, you know, it's really easy to point toward the simple numbers and statistics that Hodgins did put together during the regular season, but there's a couple of variables that I think are worthwhile mentioning, um, intangible traits that make him even better as a person um, off the field, and, you know, these are really impactful in my opinion because you're looking at culture, you're looking at uh, his leadership, the mic'd up moments from him. All he does is go around and hype people up. He goes around and he's hugging uh, Brian Dable after wins. You know, he really is a part of the culture that the Giants are building here, which makes me think you want to keep a guy like that around for a long time. Um, even you know, we're talking about a one-year versus a multi-year extension. You know, you pay guys like that who are who are stepping into bigger roles. They clearly have um, value, and you know, you noted the red zone production is simply unmatched along any other player on this team aside from Saquon. But in the receiving core, he is your best option right now, unless you go and get a elite player in that in that mold. But I don't think the Giants are looking for a specific red zone hawk. I think they're looking for an all-around wide receiver one if they're going to go in that direction and a really great route runner. But Hodgins, he also has chemistry with Daniel Jones. He may have more chemistry with Daniel Jones than any other receiver on this roster and honestly they've only been together for like six weeks so that's the most impressive thing for me by the end of the season by the time that the Minnesota Vikings game came around we saw Jones throwing him tiptoe passes on the freaking left boundary you know what I mean like we didn't see Jones do that with anybody in the last four years let alone Isaiah Hodgins who was on the team for eight nine games so Seeing the chemistry he developed with Daniel Jones, I think the value there is absolutely phenomenal. And then looking at what he battled through in the playoffs down the stretch, if you guys saw the picture of his ankle, it was ugly. He had black and blue ankle. He played through that pain, and he had a tremendous game against the Vikings. Now, the Eagles shut down our entire receiving core, but I think the fact that he battled through, he fought through obvious pain, and he put together what was a pretty impressive late stretch for this Giants team. He also goes hard on the boundary as a blocker at the receiver position, which is an un-measured you know, measured statistic that I think that should be thrown into the mix here. So when we're looking at Hodgins as an overall player, not only has he put production on the field, you know, he finished this season with the Giants um, with a pretty solid stat line, 351 yards and four touchdowns. He had four touchdowns in his last five games with a 78.6% catch rate. That is significant. Like, almost an 80% catch rate. We don't have any receivers that do that very often. And it's not as if, as though he's dropping any passes. You know, these are maybe balls that were a little bit off target, whatever it might be. Maybe they were contested, um, but he doesn't drop passes. That's another thing. Like he makes those fingertip grabs. He had a couple of them against the Vikings. He had that really big one um, a couple weeks before that. So, you know, you're, lo you're looking, I think that was against the Vikings as well. So you're looking at a player who has stepped up when, you know, maybe another team didn't want him and he's proven to have a lot of value. And I think that he fits our culture perfectly. So in my opinion, I'd be willing to give him a multi-year deal right now because you don't let guys like that walk away. He's going to keep growing, going to keep developing, keep developing chemistry with Daniel Jones. You don't want to let these guys go too early because Daniel Jones, if he's the future at this team, he needs players he's familiar with around him, players that he has chemistry with going into the second year. Going into 2023, guys, 
we might have a situation where Richie James is not on this roster, Darius Slayton is not on this roster, Sterling Shepard's not on this roster, Kenny Galladay's not on this roster. So who the hell does Daniel Jones have any chemistry with? Isaiah Hodgins. You got to keep guys that have chemistry. So I think that's a pretty reasonable perspective to look at, Anthony. When you're looking at that specific kind of uh, narrative, how important do you think Isaiah Hodgins is to this team just remaining um, building chemistry with Daniel Jones and keeping him a little bit more consistent in the passing game? I think that it's super important for Daniel Jones to have a receiver that he can rely on, someone that he has some chemistry with, because when you look at Isaiah Hodgins and the way that he plays, he's a very dependable wide receiver. When you need someone to make a grab on third down, drop into a zone and just find the open space, Isaiah Hodgins does that really well, and he hauls in everything that comes his way. You mentioned that he's got a great catch rate. He has also got a great contested catch rate dating all the way back to his time in college. Like He's always been a player that can go up and make contested catches, and one of the things that I really like about him that I've talked about multiple times uh, on the show is that I love the way he finds open pockets in zone defense. He got a couple of touchdowns this year by running some drag routes or some hitch routes, but just finding that open pocket and sitting down in it and letting Jones find him. And so he, he picked up a lot of yardage, really just carving zone defenses apart. And now we also know that he's got the ability to beat man coverage defenses as well, because we've seen him run some double moves on Patrick Peterson and other corners that leaves them in the dust. Totally toasts them. So I really like how Isaiah Hodgins, in my opinion, has kind of a complete game. I think that he can do it all. He runs good routes. He makes contested catches. He finds open pockets and zones. He scores freaking touchdowns. And as you mentioned, he's got chemistry with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones ripped that crossbody throw to the left sideline for that Isaiah Hodgins toe tap against the Vikings in the postseason. What a dime, obviously. Also phenomenal catch. But really what that play tells me is that Daniel Jones trusts Isaiah Hodgins. He knows that if he puts the ball in a location where Hodgins can get it, Hodgins will go ahead and make the catch. So on that play, that's a throw that I haven't seen Daniel Jones throw to anyone else in this lineup. Like, Alex, if you could remind me, when was the last time Daniel Jones threw a ballsy pass to the sideline for Darius Slayton or Kenny Galladay or Richie James, anyone? Maybe, yeah, he he threw some (laughs) ballsy ones to Pettis, I guess. I I think he threw some to Golden Tate. Golden Tate would go up there and make some 50-50 balls every now and then, but that's like two years ago at this point. We're two years removed from Daniel Jones having a receiver that he clearly trusts to make a difficult catch, and now Isaiah Hodgins is that guy. And again, when all the Giants have to do to retain Isaiah Hodgins for next season is offer him a one-year league minimum salary, that's a no-brainer. That's going to happen. But let's think about the potential of Isaiah Hodgins. And I think that this is part of the conversation that needs to be had, Alex, and I'm interested to hear your take on this. But with him being 24 years old, bursting onto the scene the way that he did and establishing himself as the Giants' best receiver in such a short amount of time, he has the potential, Alex, to really develop into a very good player over the next few years. And if you sign him now, wouldn't that contract be significantly cheaper than it would be if he put up a 1,000 receiving yards next season? So if, if I'm the New York Giants, I'm trying to get that multi-year done as soon as possible. Well, that's my entire perspective is like, I think that he's going to keep growing with this team. You know, I think that he believes in Dable. He believes in Kafka, you know, giving Kafka stays. And he's already gained the respect and trust of Daniel Jones. Now, that's the most important variable of them all. You mentioned Golden Tate as a guy that would go up and make and make plays and Daniel Jones is being risky. That's the direction that, that Brian Dable is taking Brian, uh, Daniel Jones. He's taking him in the direction of calculated risks with players you have faith in. 
right? Making the risky throws, but they're not at that risky because you trust Isaiah Hodgins to go make a play. You know, you're putting him in a position to make a play when it's 1v1. You know, you're not throwing it into triple or double coverage. You're throwing it into a situation where Hodgins has uh, body leverage and he, you trust he's going to make the catch. He has phenomenal hands and you have chemistry so he knows where the ball is going to be. You know, that's the type of uh, calculated strategy that you put into practice on the football fields. Now, that's what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen has 14 interceptions this year, and that's the most he's had in quite a while. It's the second most in all of the NFL this season. Um, when you're looking at what Brian Dable did for him in the past, you know, he asked him to be risky, but it was about taking calculated risks. These days, Josh Allen just throws it up. You know, he's taking unnecessary risks because they're looking for explosive plays. Um, they're not protecting the football at the same rate. So Daniel Jones had the lowest interception rate in the in the, uh, in the entire season season of any quarterback, 1.1% interception rate, which is the lowest in his career by a significant margin. So when you're looking at Daniel Jones now, that importance, the reliance on Isaiah Hodgins, the confidence you have for him to make a catch goes a really long way in my opinion. And ultimately it's a, it's a, a big variable, a big reason for the Giants to extend him on a multi-year deal right now, because as you said, you're going to keep the cost down and you're going to keep an important part of Daniel Jones' success around for the future. They can continue to build that success. If you don't sign him right now, who's to say the Giants say, you know what, we don't have the money for it. He just went absolutely off the walls crazy last season and we have to let him walk. You know what I mean? Now, if you if you lock him in right now and you're confident that he's going to be a solid piece to this offense, you have him for, let's say, three years and out after the second season, and it's only going to be like $2 million per year anyway, maybe a little bit less to, to start. Maybe he makes $1 million, then $2 million the next two seasons, and by the end of that contract, he's putting up six to 800 yards a game with three to four touch, or maybe even four four to seven touchdowns a year. That is a tremendous amount of value for a player who could end up being a wide receiver three when Wondell Robinson returns, and maybe you go out and get a Brandon Ayuk, or you go out and get a DeAndre Hopkins, or you draft the Jackson Smith and Jiba. You know, there's so many players that could improve this wide receiver core. Um, I'll ask you this, Anthony. Do you think that Hodgins has a wide receiver one ceiling, or do you think he's more of a two, three? I think I'd love for Hodgins to be our wide receiver three, because that means we have two really good players in front of him. I think his ceiling is wide receiver two, um, but I don't think the Giants are going to stop there and, and not improve this roster significantly where he he's going to have to compete. In my opinion, I think that's a best-case scenario, but I think him being a, a wide receiver three on this team where he's getting all of Darius Slayton's snaps and he's an every-play every starter for the most part. He's an every-play active guy. Um, I think that that's really a preferable situation for Hodgins to find himself in. So, yes, I think that he could be a wide receiver two, but I don't necessarily want him to be a wide receiver two. I think that, of course, he wants to be. He wants to compete and be the best player that he can be and get as much playing time as possible, of course. But when you look at the way that the Giants need to build this team relative to the rest of the NFL, you've got the best teams in the NFL right now with two bona fide wide receiver ones on their roster. Look at the 49ers, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Look at the Eagles, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Look at all of these teams, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins on the Bengals. You have two WR ones on these teams. You need to load up with offensive firepower uh, to really find success in the NFL nowadays. So those teams that have just a solid WR2, like the Cowboys, they kind of get bounced pretty early, right? I mean, they've got their bona fide WR1 with CeeDee Lamb, but who's their WR2? It's been kind of a mixed bag over there, and they've had a really tough time finding that identity in that secondary wide receiver position with guys like Noah Brown, Michael Gallup. It's been a little bit of a revolving door there, but when you look at what the New York Giants need to build relative to the rest of the NFL, yes, they need to go find that WR1, whether that be trading for a guy like Ayuk or DeAndre Hopkins or Keenan Allen. I know we've heard some of these names from fans in the comment section, right? They could go ahead and trade for a WR1, but then why stop there? Go ahead and draft another 
player who has WR1 potential, like uh, Jackson Smith and Jeeba, as you mentioned, or someone else in the first round. You got to stockpile offensive weapons. That's really how these teams are making it deep into the postseason because you can't double team somebody if you have another WR1 on the other side of the field. So with Isaiah Hodgins, yes, I love what he brings to the table. I love his potential. I think he has a tremendous amount of it. But when we're talking about what his ceiling is, sure, he can be a solid WR2 for this team, but you really want him to be three, four, WR three or four, because you want to stockpile and add all this talent to your receiving core if you're the New York Giants. So you're hoping that, yeah, maybe Hodgins next year, he emerges as the WR two after you find that number one receiver for the Giants this offseason. But long term, you really don't want him to be your secondary receiver on a down to down basis. You want him as your third or fourth guy. So the Giants are going to have to make it a priority to try and find that primary alpha dog receiver for Daniel Jones. They tried to do it a couple years ago with Kenny Galladay. It didn't work out. Okay, cut your losses, move on, try again. And I think that they will this offseason. I have a lot of confidence that Joe Shane is going to look at this roster, look around the NFL, see how other teams are competing at the top of the league, and say, we're going to go ahead and get Daniel Jones, a primary wide receiver who can win routes on a down-by-down basis. And then once they do that, we're going to talk about Isaiah Hodgins probably being a WR3 as his max ceiling here. And that's not to say he's a bad player. Again, I think on a bad team, he could be a WR1 or 2. But on a good team, you really don't want him to be in that position. You want him as a WR3. And ultimately, that's how you're going to maximize his value and even his potential because he's going to go up against crappy cornerbacks that he knows he can be every single play. Exactly. He's going to get open more frequently when he's playing against w, uh, CB3s and CB4s. He's going to get open. He's going to torch those guys. So the Giants need to stockpile that offensive talent, load up that receiving core, and let Isaiah Hodgins cook against third and fourth string cornerbacks. Yeah, I think that's a really reasonable argument. I think that's kind of what I was thinking as well in terms of um, going up against weaker corners. And I'd also like to throw out an interesting number. He played 17.2% of his snaps in the slot this year. So he actually moves around quite a bit, which is really nice because you have Wandale. You could, you could bunch those guys up and you could do a lot of unique things with them out of a formation. Um, I'd love to see Hodges against CB2, CB3s. You know, that's where he is going to really make an impact, especially in the red zone. But I like how the Giants, if they can manage to pull this off, like you said, if you have that really great route runner, wide receiver one that really draws a lot of attention, it's going to open up the field a lot for guys like Hodgins. You can't scheme Hodgins away. You can try and scheme away a wide receiver one on the opposite side to bracket them, whatever it might be. But Hodgins is going to have free reign and 1v1 coverage, or he's going to try to exploit some of those, um, you know, open, open spots in zone. Um, so I'd love to see him kind of go up against weaker opponents and not be the focal point of this offense. I don't think he's a wide receiver one material, but that's okay because he can make just as much of an impact as a wide receiver three or even a wide receiver two if you're looking at it as like, you know, the second outside uh, receiver that also has the capabilities to, to uh, transition into the slot. And then you have, you know, Wandale in, in that position as well. A lot of different unique things you can do with this lineup. And, and ultimately, Hodgins is an asset, in my opinion. I think that you don't let this guy go. I think you milk his um, value right now and try to extend him on a multi-year deal. So I'll ask you this as we kind of wrap this episode up. What would a preferable contract for you look like? I think I would go three years, maybe $6 million with $4 million guaranteed. Small deal, $2 million a season. You give him some money. Give him a chance to you know cash in right now. I don't know if he buys it because maybe he maybe he thinks he's worth more. Maybe he goes would prefer a $6 million over two years and gets $3 million a season. I think that's a little bit too much. But you know, three years, $6 million, he gets paid two a year. Um, for a player that was on a practice squad a couple weeks ago, I think that's a pretty nice payday. Yeah, it's a nice payday. I think that he'll probably want something a little bit more flexible. 
I think that he would say, give me a two-year deal so that if he does prove himself this next year, he can cash in again with another extension. That's smart for Isaiah Hodgins to do because, again, if he puts up 1,000 receiving yards next year, we're talking about him as a potential WR1, and then his price is like closer to $20 million rather than $2 million. So it really depends on how he performs next season. But right now, if I'm the Giants, I'm probably trying to give him a a long-term but short-term contract, something flexible where they can get him basically on a bridge deal for the next two to three years, uh, as you mentioned. Maybe a three by six, you know, three years, six million dollars. Maybe you even bump it up three years, nine million dollars. You give him three million per season, and that incentivizes him to sign it a little bit more and cash in again in three years from now. And he'll be 27 by then, so that's the perfect time for him to get another big time deal. So I think that's ultimately how this is going to shape out. The Giants are going to try and sign him to something that's like a two to three year deal where he can establish himself as their secondary wide receiver and make enough money to justify his performance. So I'm going to assume that the maximum per year is probably $4 million. But then again, those wide receiver contracts are inflating year by year because, as we mentioned, it's just so important to have a lot of receiving talent on your offense. So we'll see what that contract shapes out to be. But yeah, I'm all in. Give me an Isaiah Hodgins multi-year deal, two to three years on this team. I would love to see it happen. Absolutely. But guys, I'd love to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments about Isaiah Hodgins, what kind of contract you'd be willing to give him, if you'd be willing to give him a multi-year deal, and the value that he does hold. You know, always happy to hear your perspectives as always. Now, make sure to have a fantastic rest of your day. Like and subscribe as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode.